Welcome back to the Book Report Podcast with Allie and Rach. I'm Allie. And I'm Rach. And you have made it to 2023, the year of our Lord. Hell yeah. (laughs) We're here. We are very here. We're very here. We are here. I wish you could see us right now. We're the hearest here we've ever... We're in a cabin Mm -hmm. in the mountains of North Carolina. Not only are we in a cabin all cozied up, we are in the bottom most room of this tiny... We're in the tiniest bottom most room of this cabin. (laughs) On twin beds, Rach is sitting next to a giant teddy bear. Mm -hmm. These, like, old quilts. On old quilts. There's blankets hanging on the wall. We're doing a bit of a podcast retreat. We're going to knock out a bunch of episodes here. Uh, It's just hilarious. I can't get over. If you hear random noises, it's because there are other people here. We're down in the basement and they're above us. (laughs) (laughs) So you might might notice some things. We took a break last week so we could do Mm -hmm. Christmassy stuff. And this was, I'm kind of, I'm a little sad we didn't read this book before Christmas Mm -hmm. because it was the perfect Christmas book. Yeah. But I hope you've read it. Yeah. Because we're about to tell you what happened. We're about to tell you all about it. This book is Small Things Like These by Claire Keegan. And I feel like our theme for winter season is... Whatever gets you, helps you cope with seasonal depression, Mm -hmm. whether that is something ridiculous or it fits the cozy vibe so much or the wintry vibe so Mm -hmm. much that you don't mind just sitting around all day, cozied up. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, it might. It didn't take me out of a seasonal depression. No. It's pretty sad, but I... I really liked it. That's why I changed the theme. I feel like I've been saying whatever gets you out of seasonal depression, but I think it's whatever helps you cope with it. Mm -hmm. And some days... Whatever meets you in your seasonal depression. Yeah. Some days it's, I want to cozy up under Mm -hmm. a blanket and not get out all day. And if you can do that, that's fine. Yeah. Some days it is, I want to not be in reality for the day and that's fine too. We have been pretty much vegging out and eating delicious food Mm -hmm. and... And today I suggested that the group go for a just a little stroll, just to move our bodies, just mm-hmm. to get out of the cabin, get some fresh air. And it starts raining on us. <laughs> and the only person who wanted to stay behind was my husband uh-huh. because it was raining. And why would he leave the fireplace and fresh cinnamon rolls to go on a dumb hike with us? Well, we were so mad that we got rained on. Yeah, that we we knew he was gonna be smug. We knew oh, I could just, I could see his face. We all walked in wet. That we created the story that we saw a bear mm-hmm. and our friend's dog saved us from the bear. And he it, was unfazed. He, he was unimpressed. You know, he didn't even care. He didn't say, "Oh, I'm so sad. I didn't go." Man, I missed out. on He so knew much we were fun. lying, didn't he? No, I don't think he knew. I just really? think he cared mm-hmm. that we all almost died. We tried to make it sound really dramatic. Yeah. Now he's not. He doesn't fall to dramatics <laughs> i'm like man i'm sick and she's like oh okay you want to take some medicine you do this I'm like, no i'm really very sick. even killed guy maybe i should pass out to let you know how sick i am <laughs> yeah he's pretty even kill but i think unless he listens to this podcast he's he never gonna know. know that we lied well i feel like my husband made it 
a bunch of jokes and tried to make it obvious, but we'll see. We'll find out when he listens, if he listens. He says he's going to read this book, so. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he might listen. Okay, well, we won't edit it out, but. No. So for this book, I wanted to do a toddy, like something, because it's, so the setting is Ireland in the 80s and at Christmas time. Mm Mm-hmm. And the main character works in coal distribution or some kind of, he's a coal merchant. And so he's out in the snow all day. He It's pretty much, it talks a lot about the temperature and it being cold and wanting to go into pubs that are yeah. cozy for a meat pie or his girl sitting by the fire. And so I want to do something hot. Mm-hmm. And I've just been so into toddies since Me you too. made us that toddy bar that I was really into that. But then... I really want to do something with Guinness because there is a scene in the book where he provides his men on Christmas mm-hmm. Eve dinner and they drink and they're at, I could just see it happening in my head. I was like, oh, there's just something so Irish about a pint yeah. of Guinness. And it's your one of your favorites. And Guinness is my favorite beer to exist. So my husband and I were talking about it and he's like, well, what about like a snake bite, which is Guinness and cider? Mm-hmm. He's like, or a black and tan. I was like, ooh, a black and tan would be cool because it looks so neat. Yeah. And um, and it's just kind of – it's different. It's not yeah. just I'm popping open a Guinness and pouring a stew, even though that probably should have been what we did. <laughs> I did watch a couple YouTube videos, and Allie and I really tried to make these blended, but uh, – Or unblended. We unblended. wanted it to We flow. wanted it to float. Yeah. And it's not. No, we so failed. We We failed at our – attempt to make a black and tan but it's actually pretty good it's delicious so cheers we have to lean across the beds to (laughs) (laughs) to cheers cheers to small things like these Mm -hmm. and the guinness so claire keegan does not have an instagram her publisher does it's faber faber so i've just been tagging them on all the the stuff that i post but it's i really like this book what's your hot take oh yeah this one is to me very much a book about a place that mm-hmm. sucks you it sucks you in it could have no plot and just be her describing the era and the time and this family and i would have been content with that i it's a tough subject matter to tackle in especially in a short piece it's not a long book apparently this is what claire keegan is known for a short short books pretty Mm. heavy material a lot of the reviews of this book said that they wish she had brought in more of the dark things she talks about Mm -hmm. that this was a lighter claire keegan novel Mm. but it's always talking about something this is the only one i've read there's another book that's pretty popular called foster okay um i don't know i haven't read that either yeah Mm -mm. but I, i mean i love the style it's a historical fiction it almost feels like a short story yeah the way the the way it is feels as though it's mostly about a place and time and the plot is important but it just gives short story vibes i mean it yeah. is a short book but it's a full book mm-hmm. but it gives a short story i think i read it for sure in one evening oh yeah for sure and you read it pretty quickly mm-hmm. so let me give you the gist so the catch is if i was to write the back of this book which i think it does a really good job about luring you in do you just want to read the inside cover 
Yeah, let me... Okay. It is 1985 in an Irish town. During the weeks leading up to Christmas, Bill Furlong, a coal and timber merchant, faces his busiest season. As he goes round the houses making deliveries, he feels the past rising up to meet him and encounters the complicit silences of a small community controlled by the church. I think that's what probably what my husband read, and he's like, hell yeah. Yeah. How are we going to take it to the man? In, in a couple of the reviews that I'd read and articles I read, there was a really good one on NPR where they reviewed the book, mm-hmm. and I thought a lot of the points they made about it were really interesting. But they called it the anti-Christmas carol, the, like, yeah. the Dickens Christmas carol, or a feminist take on Dickens. So the book opens up describing a small boy, the main character is named Bill mm-hmm. Furlong, and his unwed teen mother. They have been taken in by a woman, Miss Wilson. She's a Protestant widow, mm-hmm. which seems like, she seems like a badass. Yeah. To be yeah. in the 80s in this town. I mean, face it, like even today, like we haven't moved that far outside of the patriarchy. No. But this wealthy woman takes care of this unwed teen mother and her son and takes them into her house. He through her help he's able to go to a school and Mm -hmm. get a good education he talks a little bit about being made fun of for what his life looks like in school and how that makes him the person he is today so as he's making these deliveries you get glimpses into his past as he goes to different houses as he speaks to different people Mm -hmm. um he stayed and is choosing to raise his family in the town that kind of shunned him and he settles there with his wife eileen and they have five daughters. His daughters seem absolutely lovely. I know. And his relationship with them seems lovely. Mm-hmm. He's so proud. The way he talks about... This isn't a book about parenthood. No. Well, I guess in, in a, it is. It is a book about parenthood. But it the way he talks about his daughters and how proud he is of them and all the little things, he's ways he's proud, got to me. Mm-hmm. It got to me so much. So good. In one of the scenes, the girls make their Christmas lists and afterward the parents like look at them and they pick one thing to give each girl mm-hmm. and they burn the lists after they make the plan and i thought that was really sweet and the things that the girls asked for were so cute and i can remember being in t- like a teenager and yeah. wanting a tape or mm-hmm. you know an outfit or a pair of shoes and it just seemed so innocent i loved it so much he is able to send his girls to the only and it seems like it's a well-regarded all-girls Catholic school, mm-hmm. and he works really hard to do that. And it's, I mean, I'm sure it's expensive for a mm-hmm. family of five girls to go there. And he constantly says, as he looks around and is grateful for the little that he has and how hard they work at keeping that, it wouldn't take much. Like, they're, it seems like they're getting by from paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. And they're able to do that, and they're, you know, maybe able to save a little bit of money, but he is constantly reflecting back on one mispayment, mm-hmm. and I could be the one that's begging on the street corner. Yeah. It doesn't take much to make this whole illusion of that we Security. have it good. Yeah, yeah. Come falling apart. So during his deliveries, he stops a, a local, the convent that, holds a laundry Mm -hmm. and I'm going to talk a little bit more about the laundry and the historical implications that they're called the Magdalene laundries Mm -hmm. in Ireland have you heard about these Mm -hmm. outside the book yeah 
I had never heard about them. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely tragic. Mm-hmm. And so he's stopping by and he mentions that around town it's been said some differing opinions on what the girls do there or how they get there and how they're treated and but basically how the church sees it is they are providing a service to the community where they take in these I think they call them fallen women yeah which were primarily sex workers or women that unwed mothers just sex out of mothers. yeah and have children and don't have a partner they would take these women in and uh, not pay them they would just give them a place to mm-hmm. be and as he comes to drop off the coal one of the girls has what one might call a breakdown mm-hmm. and begs him to take her out begs him that she just wants to jump off a bridge yeah like please let she says out. to take me to the river yeah mm-hmm. trigger warnings yeah abound. damn it we're so for, bad at that i know trigger warnings mm-hmm. for suicide trigger warnings for neglect neglect abuse it's a lot Mm, bullying but and he doesn't know what to make of this he's kind of i mean he doesn't know what to think he doesn't also he doesn't want to upset the sisters that are working there right who give him some christmas money that Mm -hmm. his family really needs and looks forward to every year his wife even mentions it when he comes home and tells her about this Mm -hmm. he's like well did you get your Christmas bonus yeah. from the church. And and it felt like when the sister gave him that card that included the extra money, that there was like a wink attached to it. Like he you didn't found see anything. Girl also locked in a coal shed. And that was the second was the trip. The second trip. Okay. Mm-hmm. He found strange. another girl locked in a coal shed. And that's and she didn't have shoes on. She was cold. She was like pooping in a toilet. And she was asking for her baby. Mm-hmm. And she said he was she was like leaking milk from her breast that she Ugh, just awful. And he you notice each time he goes and visits the convent or the laundry, he notices different things. Mm-hmm. So the first time it was that the girls didn't have shoes. Um, the next time when he finds the girl in the shed, he sees that there's glass that's mm-hmm. in the top of all of the walls so mm-hmm. no one can escape. Yeah. And even as he leaves every time, he hears the door lock right after he's mm-hmm. gone. Um and he only was able to find the girl that asked him for help because no one let him in. He just walked around till he was trying to find the sister yeah. that would pay him for the coal. So we kind of walked in on this scene where all of the girls were working or scrubbing the floors mm-hmm. and they saw him as a sign of help. So he tells Eileen about the treatment of the girls at the laundry. And she's not surprised. She's not surprised, but also tells him, we are not meddling in this. I mean, this is such a powerful organization. Our girls go to a Catholic school. We cannot rock the boat. We cannot. um, You can't say anything. Just keep. We'll lose everything. We will lose everything. Yeah. And probably. Um, There, I'm trying to think what she had said to him. But yeah, so that's kind of the gist of the story it it ends with him going on christmas day i believe mm-hmm. him waking up he has christmas with his family and then he goes to oh in the same day he goes and finds mr wilson mm-hmm. which was her mrs wilson's son or ne- something ne- i thought he worked there maybe he worked there 
What's his name, Mr. Wilson? Though? It was Ned. Ned. He goes and says Merry Christmas to Ned, who doesn't live on the property anymore. But he was sick. Mm-hmm. He was in a hospital, and he realizes that Ned is probably his dad. Mm-hmm. He looks a lot like him, and something Ned says. Oh, something when he goes to say Merry Christmas to Ned. Some of Mrs. Wilson's family opens oh, the door and's like, right. "Oh, are you looking for Ned? I could tell you were related." And he has never thought about it before. So he suspects that Ned, after he has this encounter with the family and is told he maybe looks like Ned, he suspects that he is, Ned is his father. Mm -hmm. And the whole time he's having these interactions with the convent and piecing it together, he just keeps thinking about what if one, all, one thing in my life had gone differently. Like if Ms. If Mrs. Wilson had never taken us in or if she had had the ad- that attitude and sent my mm-hmm. mom to the convent, yeah, my life would be completely different. So not only am I always kind of on the verge of it falling apart, I wouldn't even be here if one thing had gone different mm-hmm. in my life. So yeah, he's kind of piecing all of that together as he's having these interactions and dwelling on the past a lot. He and is. He's definitely going through like a... So I feel like that's the the idea that it's a lot like Dickens. Yeah. Except way better so scrooge almost it's just vanity that compels him to be a nicer person and it celebrates the capitalist all of like the the things about christmas that Mm -hmm. aren't the heart of what this season means to a lot of people or what it probably does mean to a lot of people but not nothing like really great right is how scrooge changes Mm -hmm. but with bill furlong he goes through the past in these little visits to these houses to deliver coal and just sees what in all of the ways that he had been helped along the way Mm -hmm. and how he can't in good conscience leave these girls no in the convent and the, the last part of the book, he goes, he finds her in the barn again and takes her and he leaves. Mm-hmm. And so you don't know what's going to happen. Did his life fall apart? The whole time he's doing it, he's like, I know this is probably all going to fall apart. I know mm-hmm. this is. But I can't. But I can't live not with myself. Mm-hmm. And so the, the Magdalene laundries were closed in 93. Mm-hmm. So. I would love to believe that him rescuing this girl, shining some light in the dark place that was this particular laundry. 96. The last one was 96. Oh, I'm shit. reading in the back of the book. Ireland's last Magdalene laundry was not closed down until 1996. Well, hopefully, I like to believe that he lit the spark that burned that specific one to the ground. And yeah. everything was fine. Yeah. That's what we want to think. Um, it does say that the the mother and baby home commission report found that 9,000 children died in just 18 of the institutions that they investigated. They found, so the Roman Catholic Church had to sell off a piece of property mm-hmm. to make good on a, a deal that went wrong. So they had to raise some money or capital. And they, so they sold this parcel of land. And when the developer that bought it was starting the earthwork, they found 155 unmarked graves of women, oh. and it's pretty gnarly. I feel like I shit on America a lot for not doing stuff right. Yeah. 
but there's a lot of shit. Yeah. There's a lot of shit everywhere. And Ireland's government has refused to even apologize for mm-hmm. its part in it until 2013. Yeah, something like that. And mm-hmm. Ireland's government was also almost participating mm-hmm. in I mean the church and Ireland's government was so intertwined mm-hmm. it might still be I don't know a lot about their history but at least in my research on the yeah. laundries it was and they were feeding these girls to the church which was just free labor mm-hmm. really and then the freaking shittiest thing about it the laundries didn't even make that much money oh, oh like all of it's just isn't that gross it's like they're just doing it for cruelty, per, for cruelty. Yeah. Not you're not even like act, you're not making money. You're not. Mm-mm. It's just to be cruel. Yeah. Is how. And it feels all of sadistic. I'm not Catholic, so I don't I don't mean to offend, but all of the churches and all of the laundries were named like Sisters of Mercy. Yeah. Sisters of Charity, and it's just so unchristlike this yeah. whole operation. It's human trafficking. Mm-hmm. And then you're placing these women's babies with what you would deem. A good Catholic family, which is just, it's awful. My children are adopted and I have worked in other countries where international adoption is, I've just seen the bad side of a lot of adoption. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a big fan of it, to be honest. I don't, I think it should be, I don't know. I could go down a whole rabbit hole. Whole fan of adoption or overseas adoption or Uh, specifically what? I mean, adoption, I think it, I'm not a fan of the way we, and I say we, meaning the white evangelical Christian church very mm-hmm. particularly, but, you know, also the Catholic church has a history in this. Yeah. The way it is portrayed or um, run as a business, it to me it should be absolute last case scenario and be pretty rare. And so I knew about this because – of researching adoption ethics and looking into that. So that's how I knew about the history of the Catholic Church in Ireland and, like, what happened with adoption and there. And it's so bad. It's so bad. And then, so, you know, if you are going to adopt or if someone adopts, big fan of as open as possible, right? Mm -hmm. Because your children have a right to access their history as much as you can get of it, right? As mm-hmm. they should know every detail that you can get your hands on. And so in particular, from my understanding, not only were they separating children from their mothers, they were hiding these mothers away, often de- working them to literal death mm-hmm. f- for no reason other than cruelty. Then they would never tell these children they were adopted. You know, it was just yeah. a big dirty secret. And based in shame and cruelty, and it's and the irony is that they were a laundry, a laundry cleaning Mm -hmm. people's clothes. And one of the things that struck me about this book too is it feels, and I think we all feel this all the time, especially now, like we are all up against these big systems, and we are in we are in systems of oppression that it feels like you have to participate in to survive or get ahead or provide for your family. I think that's a big one I think about a lot. Mm -hmm. And it feels like you can do nothing because one, what's it going to do? What's it going to matter? What what difference are you going to make? And two, 
what's it going to do to your life, to your children's lives? Like, are you going to make things worse for your kids? Or what? Mm-hmm. that was, I think, the main character's big, biggest struggle is what is this going to do to my daughters? I just love that he does it anyway. Mm-hmm. That he's like, I can't, I just I can't, can't live with myself. Live with myself. Yeah. And I found myself thinking about what are the systems around me right now that I couldn't live with myself. Like, I can't live with myself if I'm confronted with it, you know, even if it's smaller or maybe not even as in your face awful as mm-hmm. what was obviously going on. I think sometimes we still live in pretty awful systems, but, um, or are dealing with really awful systems are just maybe not as in your face cruel or yeah. obvious. And so, yeah, I, to me, it was also like a challenging book where mm-hmm. I think if confronted with that, would I do the same thing or would I, I don't know. And then is that, then you get into the circle of like, what is the right thing to do? How do you dismantle a system? Is it like he runs in and saves one girl? Mm-hmm. Was there more? Is there more you can do to unravel things systemically? I just find it really like a challenging book to read, you know, yeah. like morally challenging. Yeah. But what would you have done? I have no idea. I mean, I've been confronted with some pretty shitty situations that aren't that far off from that when I lived in Haiti. Mm. I feel like we typically tried more of the systemic route of how do we get things, particularly like illegal orphanages or, yeah. you know, abuse situations. How do we get it shut down? Mm-hmm. Because you want you want to you want the system to change. But when you're talking about the church in Ireland in the 80s, that it, is the it whole. It feels impossible. It would have felt impossible. Yeah, there's no system to report. There was no where system do you go? to report abuse. You can't just move. To no. move to a different country with your five girls, no doubt. I, man, it's it's the same. It's like the almighty dollar in America or capitalism. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do? What do you yeah. do? So, yeah, this is not a book that's going to get you out of your seasonal depression. No, I thought it was very Christmassy, though. And Christmassy. I, mm-hmm. I, I was – it made me hopeful. Yeah. He made – Yeah. I, I like being confronted morally mm-hmm. <laughs> and challenged, you know? Yeah. No, I, I loved this And he book. makes the – best decision he could make you know mm-hmm. i think he i think that's it i think the time the place everything he made the best decision he could make morally that he could live with and that his daughters could be proud of right I about that too yeah good for, like i think about i thought about that a lot you know a legacy he leaves <laughs> i'm sure i don't know what is happening upstairs right now but i hope you can hear what sounds like um someone dropping something five over times and over and over and over and over <laughs> okay so the the book was really good at describing these little scenes, either in the Furlong family home or in the pub, or as he has these interactions with the people in his town during deliveries. Yeah. What did any of them stick out to you? Or Ooh. yes, I'm not going to be able to find it. Quickly. I'll give you mine first. Okay. There was a couple, but I loved, loved, loved. I think I already mentioned where the girls make their Christmas lists, but. In the minute details of Eileen's day and of his day, mm-hmm. they talk about having to go get water, going to feed the animals, going to bring this in. And he talks about how all of these things are just hard. And his wife is such a wonderful woman that's willing to do all these hard things mm-hmm. even and to have like the, the little they do and how wonderful that is because so many people don't have that much. Yeah. But – and I think – I can't remember the exact quote, but 
all of these small things together make a life. Yeah. And I loved it, – it can feel like so – so the water's not working in the cabin we're in. Mm-hmm. So after every meal, everyone kind of pitches in and goes and gets water or brings it back, fills up the sink. Yeah. One person cleans, one person – and I mean, it's fun now, but it's like those – those little things that either I mean maybe they don't they're not annoying, but like going grocery shopping, yeah, building Legos with your kids, going to get the mail, like those little things all together are are what's going to amount to your life. Yeah. And I love books that focus on that. Mm-hmm. That find the I don't know, sacred in the mundane. It feels mm-hmm. sacred. It feels sacred. In they're this making book. these little mince pies mm-hmm. and the way they're crimping the edges and they're all sitting by the fire. It just felt really sweet yeah. to me. And probably with those girls, I mean, that's like a core memory. Yeah. When you think about, we, I feel like you and I say often when we're doing something with the kids, like, oh, th- I hope this is a core this memory. This better be this a core memory. memory. <laughs> I worked really hard. I worked really hard on this. If their Halloweens are not core memories, I will be mad. Wait, one of my kids said, my youngest said something about, I can't remember what it was, something about it being, Christmas being the second best time of year. And then he He's right, man. also said something, we don't do Christmas cards, we're just lazy, and we don't, didn't do them. And he asked why we don't. And I was like, I just don't know time. And he said, we should do Halloween cards. Because <laughs> we've made such a big deal out of this we should. holiday. I think we should. Like, we could put on our costumes early mm-hmm. and have a photo shoot. Oh, my gosh. And do Halloween so cards. It would be, be so fun. And all of our friends who know us would be saying, of course. Of course. Rachel and Allison sent mm-hmm. Halloween cards to everyone. <laughs> we love it. But yeah, I that was that one stuck out to me too. The quote is something about all these small things make a life, and mm. it, to me, it was all the times he mentioned being proud of his daughters, or just the grades they're making, or the things mm. they're doing, and his interactions with them. That was for sure what stuck out to me. Is just yeah. The other was, and I can't, I don't know why I couldn't get this out of my head, but he takes his men out to a tavern for Christmas meal and I think it's on Christmas Eve mm-hmm. and I know this is something those that practice Catholicism do is go to a midnight mass on Christmas Eve but the whole time I'm like why aren't you with your family why aren't these people with their families and it's because all he has to be home for is Christmas midnight mass yeah but that was really sweet it felt like a real treat to the woman that owned the tavern and the folks there and I just felt like it felt like a very generous thing of him to do yeah like all while this is all swirling around in his head Mm -hmm. um the other the other piece I liked a lot and you had this folded down so I'm guessing I'm Mm -hmm. just gonna guess that this is what you Mm -hmm. folded it down for uh he is remembering He's remembering the fact that he didn't, Santa Claus never came to see him. And, or M- Mrs. Wilson would, you know, have some things here and mm-hmm. then he's just kind of feeling nostalgic and thinking about this. And all of a sudden his daughter says, did Santa ever come to see you, daddy? Sheila asked eerily. They could be like young witches sometimes, his daughters, yes. <laughs> with their black hair and sharp eyes. It's easy to understand why women feared men with their physical strength and lust and social powers, but women with their canny intuitions were so much deeper. They could predict what was 
to come long before it came, dream it overnight and read your mind. He'd had moments in his marriage when he'd almost feared Eileen and had envied her metal, her red hot instincts. Yes. I love, again, something about making the mundane scene sacred mm-hmm. in this book where he just notices the way all of the women in his family can pick up on things and yeah. like fears it and reveres it. I mm-hmm. loved that so much. Yes. That was one of my favorite parts. I, so the thing that he had wanted as a kid and he, he tried to buy it as an adult and they were out, but he wanted a jigsaw puzzle. That mm-hmm. was like the simple thing yeah. he wanted for Christmas. And I think Miss Wilson got him like a new pair of shoes or something. Mm-hmm. But something so simple is, yeah, great book. I want to see. Oh, this is another one that you had folded down that I'm going to guess if, mm-hmm. you, if mm-hmm. this is what you liked. He thought of Mrs. Wilson, of her daily kindnesses, how she corrected and encouraged him, of the small things she had said and done and had refused to do and say, and what she must have known, the things which, when added up, amounted to a life. Had it not been for her, his mother might very well have wound up in that place. Talking about the convent. Mm -hmm. In an earlier time, it could have been his own mother he was saving, if saving was what this would be called. And only God knew what would have happened to him where he might have ended up. I'm guessing that's what you... yeah. Yeah. And it, the, something about the nostalgia of him looking back and realizing all the little things Miss Wilson did, that's how he ended up where he was, and mm-hmm. that's what made a life. Mm-hmm. Love it. So good. Yeah. So we are recording three episodes on our retreat. Fingers but crossed. Knock on wood. You – I don't know. What do you think about – I kind of like showing what we're going to read next week, the week before. I don't know if we'll keep doing that. I don't know. What, I what are we showing? So I – published a post on this oh, book last mm-hmm. week so if people wanted to read it with us they could more like yeah. a book club if i can get my shit together and photograph yeah the books with their drinks i think that's a really good let's do it let's do it way to do it but do you want to talk about what we're reading next is it which one are we gonna do i the think we should book? do no i don't think we should do okay. i don't know what do you think Let's do the other one. Sure. We're going to be doing Agatha Christie's Murder on the Orient Express. That's what we will release next. I'm really excited to do this one. I am – I can – this has been the hardest three books to not talk to you about. I, I like know. And we're so stuck much. in a cabin together and all yeah. of our friends keep trying to talk to – our husbands keep mm-hmm. trying to talk to us about it. Yeah. So we're going to be doing that. And this is probably the longest note stock I've ever made. <laughs> <laughs> on this book so get prepared uh yeah we're gonna be doing these back to back so by the time we get to this third one we might be toasty Day toasty <laughs> well we are looking forward to what will be next week for you but the mm-hmm. next 10 minutes for us yep. and we'll see you all back then thanks for listening bye thanks for listening to this week's podcast of the book report with Allie and rach you can find us on Instagram at Book Report Podcast. You can find us on TikTok at, at Book Report Podcast. And if you want to write us an email, you can write us an email at thebookreportpod at gmail.com.